This is Appalachian Vibes Radio Show from WNCW. I'm your host, Amanda Baki. Appalachian Vibes is a show dedicated to challenging the expectations and celebrating the diversity of music, art, and literature created in and around Appalachia. Appalachian Vibes is brought to you by Galax Tourism, made possible by Virginia is for Lovers. This week, my guest is the Richmond, Virginia multi-instrumentalist and soul singer-songwriter, Dusty Ray Simmons. We discuss how he snuck into the garage every day during first grade to learn on his dad's drum set while his parents were still at work, and how the pandemic allowed him to develop into the musician and songwriter he is today. That's the next hour on Appalachian Vibes from WNCW. My name is Dusty Ray Simmons. I'd like to think I just play good music. I like to play all kinds of music moves me. So it's hard to just say I play this genre or that genre. Um, Not that I'm not a fan to some degree, but I don't play heavy metal per se or in like a punk rock band or like heavy rock, though I do get into moments of heavy rock. And I definitely have appreciation for some of that music. Um, But uh, yeah, the spectrum's all around, um, mostly rooted in like soul music. Uh, I guess you would say, I don't know, I was kind of raised on like Steely Dan and like the Eagles and and Crosby, Stills and Nash and Credence and the Doobie Brothers and stuff like that. And then as I I was growing up quite young, my brother Jeremy, uh, my oldest brother, uh, turned me on to Led Zeppelin and then Led Zeppelin is essentially what led me to the drums definitely not a set I mean it is that and the fact that there was a drum set in the garage already because my dad had a band and his band rehearsed in the garage oh yeah that's right you come from a musical family yeah yeah my dad um it was my earliest influence he was uh he had a couple of bands him and my mom met my my uh, my grandfather's uh, company picnic one year my dad's band was playing that's how my mom and dad met and uh so as i was growing up it was uh you know you knew if dad had a gig because i would go into the living room and the lamps would be on the floor because the end tables were like the monitors that he would use for the gig and there would just be like some kind of like a sheet or a doily or something over it to make it look like a piece of furniture um <laughs> And then my and then my brother picked it up in high school and and all his pals would be in the garage after school making music and so I was just uh, yeah I was just around it so that's how it all sort of happened. How old were you when you started playing drums? I, I think we sort of pinpointed it to sometime between six and seven years old. Um, I was a latchkey kid in in elementary school with my brother Zach. We're, we're 11 months apart, so we kind of grew up doing everything together. And um, I would come home from school, and we had about 45 minutes to an hour before one of our folks would be home. So I would have, like, uh, the drum set was in the in the garage. And the deal was, you know, like, we had a big wooden box with all of our sports stuff and toys and skateboards and stuff. And then we had our bikes. And it was like, that's the stuff you're allowed to touch in the garage. Don't touch any of this, you know. Um, so not, not to like, be like, don't play music. It was just like, this is expensive gear. And yeah, you know, this don't, is don't worth thousands of uh, dollars. So I was, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And so uh, I, I would have, I had like an alarm clock. It was a clock by the drum set. And, and I had uh, this mixed tape of Led Zeppelin songs that my brother had made me. And so I had my headphones and the alarm clock and I would just put on the headphones and, you know, rock out and then the alarm would go off and I'd race inside and pop Nintendo on like I'd been there the whole time. And then one day I got caught and uh, I like looked up and dad was standing there in the doorway and I dropped the drumsticks and was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And he was like, pick up the sticks. I'll call you when dinner's ready. You know, so the rest is history. Yeah. He, you got his approval right then and there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He didn't know it was me in the garage. He actually, the story is that he walked in the house and my brother, Zach was at the kitchen table, like doing homework or something. And he was like, is Brian in the garage? Brian was my brother's drummer, Jeremy. His name was Brian Nelson. Great drummer. Um, and, uh, and he was like, is that Brian in the garage and playing drums? He's like, I don't hear any drums. There's no drums. And so he walks in. So he thought it was somebody who actually had something together because it was about six months before he had found me playing. And I'd already kind of had some things worked out. So, you know, I had like a beat, you know, I was playing like little bits of songs and stuff. Oh, man, that is such a cool story. So do you do you play with like your your dad? And you said your brother plays, too, right? Yeah. My brother Jeremy is a bass player and, and he owns and operates a studio here out of Richmond called Elephant Ear Recordings. Um, and we have, we have an Almond Brothers tribute band together and uh, and he has a couple other groups that he does some shows with. And um, my dad mostly plays every once in a while. He'll play like little happy hour gigs, just kind of like solo, you know, acoustic guitar and singing. His voice is his real strong instrument. He's just kind of a strummer otherwise. Um, but you know, anything he sings, he owns. So, you know, the guitar, it's just kind of like an additive. It doesn't really matter because my dad's voice is just so incredible, um, and powerful. And like, you're just there. He can, he can grab an audience anywhere. Um, and, uh, yeah. So my, my brother still plays, we played together some, the last time we just celebrated his 70th birthday last June. And we had like a big thing at this venue and, and we played, we had like a little set of music that we played and, uh, We've had some little bands here and there over the year with like the family in it. Um, and it's a whole lot of fun, but uh, everybody's really busy with schedules. So I just try to uh, make a point to at least get together and try to like write a song or do something together um, that uh, we put out the song called Pine Overcoat, which is the first song, you know, he'd ever released in his life. You know, it's at, at 69 years old. And um, which oh, is he never funny released any music. No, he had he had done he had been um, contracted to do uh, a song. He worked at DuPont for years here in, in Richmond before we moved to St. Louis. And uh, he had done uh, a sort of feel good song for the for the company for DuPont. And oh. uh, that was called Feeling Good About Myself and uh, met with much critical acclaim locally. Um, but he, there's a 45, we still have boxes of those records, but no, you know, like nothing on any platform like this, never like an iTunes or anything. Um, and so I had written, you know, a song for him and, you know, a couple other things and he just sort of expressed like, Hey, it'd be cool. Like I've been waiting for you to say this, you know? So, um, we do that more now. We like to, I like to try to create something together. I mean, like it's, I love playing live and I love having those memories, but it, I'm trying to have a little bit of something that he left behind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, rather than me being able to tell stories of what a great singer he was, I'd love for them to be, you know, artifacts of 
you know, his his impact on me and 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 you know, just how he sounds, you know. That's so cool. It's like a I don't know, I feel like when someone starts getting a little older that you care about, like recording some of those things, like recording the legacy of who they are in essence becomes kind of important. Are are you like recording him also or are you just building this material? Oh yeah. I mean, we, you know, I, the Pine Evercoat was uh, all the music was there. Like when you listen to the song, the song was done. All the music was done prior to us even writing the lyrics. I had sort of, you know, uh, it was kind of just foreshadowing the thing. And I had made a couple ideas and, you know, a couple audio ideas. And then, um, and I played him a couple snippets and he was like, wow, I really, he connected with that one. So I was like, okay. And I sort of finished it out, you know, and then the rest was just like kind of piecing it in. It was like, here's the hook, you know, let's figure out. And the hook came first in that scenario. And then, and then we later figured out kind of what we wanted or what he wanted to say. And so it was literally the the three of us, me and my brother, Jeremy and, and my father, uh, sitting over at his studio at Elephant Ear just in the control room and all of us with a piece of paper and listening to the track on repeat and kind of just throwing out lines and laughing about lines and, you know, finding um, the room for comedy and finding the room for sincerity and trying to find the space, you know, cause we're all funny people and, you know, we're, you know, my dad's the type of guy who's never met a stranger in his life. And, you know, um, you know, you never really know how much time you have with anybody you know, so in a way, this could be the only song that we ever got to put out. So I just feel like in, in these particular scenarios, it's important to capture the person behind the microphone in that way, because he's not an artist, you know, who's going under a moniker, who's making music that can be whatever it is. It's Slim Simmons who's singing something from his heart, you know. And so uh, it, it, we all felt imp- importance behind it fe- feeling casual and normal and poignant at the same time, if it could be. Pine Overcoat is about, um, well, Pine Overcoat is a reference to a coffin. And it's essentially talking about um, there's always time while there is time. And it's essentially a song about um, checking things off of a bucket list and not viewing life at this stage or this age as being over as more or less a, an opportunity to seize things that you always wanted to do. And, uh, you know, that like the time is now kind of a thing, not the time is fleeting per se, but, um, uh, yeah. So it kind of like the project itself and the reason for it. And then the words that you, or the inspiration behind the actual words itself is kind of the same in some ways. Sure. I mean, the, the, the lyrics at some point are quite literal about things that he's never done or wanted to do. Um, and some of them are funny, you know, um, like, uh, one of the lines is, uh, Climb, climb Mount Everest and grow a Fu Manchu. You know, like my dad's not going to climb Mount Everest, but like it's something, you know, like it's the idea of 
you can put a lot of personal things into a song and then you can also have moments where it could be something that's not connected to you whatsoever and i think that gives the listener an opportunity to make it whatever it is for themselves i don't add up the years or count my regrets looking back on this life is not a stranger i've met That I'm stuck in my ways I can sleep when I'm dead There's more hell to raise Never caught a foul I didn't really feel Rode my hog down the PCH Got to sing on the center stage We'll slip out under the stars it's not too late So much left for me to do Before I'm fitted for my suit And slip into this pine overcoat That I can't sit still Got a bucket full of dreams And these worn out shoes I might climb out Every screw of food man chew Never took my shot at the rodeo Played the pebbles I'm on the brink of a perfect way, but it's not too late. So much left for me to do, for I'm fitted for my sin and slip into this pine overcoat. So much left for me to do, before I'm best gift you can get for putting music out there in return is when a listener has has made it their own you know it has its own meaning for them you know uh i recently with some of the songs on the in the song group 
someone's been like, oh, that's so nice that you turned that into a love song. And I was like, wow, it's so it's, I think that's great that you think it's a love song. It is not, you know, in that way. I think if it, if it's a love song at all, it's about self-love. Um, but, uh, but that, you know, it, that's not for me to, to say, you know what I mean? That's kind of like the best part about it. Why don't you share with our listeners, um, about the song group? Cause they don't know. Oh, uh, well, our mutual friend, Matt Mullins, who's been on the show, uh, um, has, I guess last year was the first year, I think, um, he started a group on Facebook, uh, called the song machine. And, uh, it's essentially just a group that promotes and champions songwriters of all skill level. Um, you're met with a prompt word. Uh, every two weeks, you have two weeks to complete the song. If you do not submit something, uh, you are removed from the group. Uh, there is no prize money. There is no voting. There is no award ceremony. It's not about that. It's essentially about, um, I guess, self-accountability. If you want to be a good songwriter, it's a, it's a way to exercise that muscle and to have a community of support, you know, uh, is that pretty close? That's great. You've been, <laughs> I go through the list and, and the talent is so incredible. And, um, but there's some people like you <laughs> that really frustrate me because you do a full on production. You have, you have recorded every single part and the production's incredible on top of the songwriting on top of uh then sometimes you make it you make this whole video and i don't know how you have the time to edit all of this stuff together it's really quite impressive and yeah you you've definitely impressed me quite a few times um but yeah that's that's the basic uh structure of the whole thing but i found it to be like, I feel like I'm just at this point, I'm just able to put out ideas because I'm such a slow writer. It takes me so long, but, but being, having deadlines is good for me too. So I would rather get out an idea and be forced to get out an idea than nothing, you know? So for me, that's yeah. kind of what I've been using it for, but you, how you just pull together entire compositions and thoroughly produced material how do you do that well i guess for me with this group in particular is uh like pinning a song isn't new it's something that i do regularly every day if i could if i was around the instruments and had the time you know um and recording those parts and and getting getting the musical idea down is can can i can do that pretty fast now is it always like great no but like i'm getting there and so i just the wheel moves further and faster so tell me what oblivion is about the 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 prompt for that was beat up cars so for the listener we're given a prompt and the prompt had the the words have to be used verbatim in the song. So like so far that I know that's like kind of the only rule is that we had one called excuses. So the word excuses had to be used exactly or beat up cars, which 
I had to like change my line around a bunch of times before I I found something that I liked for beat up cars because I didn't want to do it about beat up cars. You know, I wanted to use it more of as a metaphor. But um, tell me what Oblivion, where you went in that direction. Um, Oblivion is about it's that's a tougher one to sort of explain uh, in the way that it's. It reads if you just read it down. Or if you listen to it very literally, it essentially sounds like a a love story that didn't work out. Um, And really, it's it's essentially about coming to terms with being okay with knowing that things aren't going to work out, but that it's going to be okay unless you stay living in this oblivious world. You know what I mean? Um, You know, like sort of when you, you know, when you're not facing your own truths, you know, when you, when you just want to look the other way and pretend that that problem's not there, you know what I mean? So it's about, it's, it's essentially about self-love and loving yourself enough to be honest with yourself and, uh, and accepting things and, and, and knowing that it's going to be okay. Yeah. 
That was Oblivion from Dusty Ray Simmons. You can learn more about Dusty Ray Simmons at dustyraysimmons.bandcamp.com. Coming up, we talk about the inspiration behind his song, Excuses. I'm Amanda Baki. That's next on Appalachian Vibes from WNCW. Why don't we talk about excuses? Tell me where, um, okay. um, where that kind of went for you. Cause that was, I think that's when I was introduced to you and I was just like, man, this dude is killer. And your voice is so nice and like not perfect, but uh, it falls beautifully. I just really like Very. your vocal on that one. Can you tell me about that song? Well, thank you um, for saying that. Uh, excuses is quite literally about that, about, my particular excuses with not putting out my own material and that being, you know, cause there's, I have a lot of stuff. Um, some of the songs that, that I sent you that aren't out that are complete songs that no one's heard. Um, and excuses. I just decided to write about not having them anymore. And the idea that there was so much un incomplete work, in uh in my hard drives and stuff and my sort of own struggle with uh insecurities about putting out my own stuff you know even though i like it and and most of the people that you know people i play it for very encouraging and and um and have nice things to say about it uh so it was the idea of like not having excuses anymore and and just sort of talking about that out loud um I also kind of knew that that would be relatable. I don't think it's, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's like an abnormal thing. I think, uh, you know, not even, a, you don't have to be a you know, musician. It's not just that it doesn't always have to be in the creation of art, but I think that we all have, um, 
there was a line that sort of sealed that song up for me when I was in the inception of writing it because I just had chords and then I was just kind of like, what do I want to say? And there's a, a lyric that is, maybe I get lost in the shadows of doubt, incarcerated confidence you never let out. Do you know what I'm saying? And that meaning like there's a, there's a spirit in, in inside of all of us that's that's got more confidence that's like wants to be the best they can be and knows that they have something to offer or say or whatever or just uh you know like you want you've always wanted to go and sing in front of a, you know sing with the band but you just don't have the courage to do it or whatever you know what i mean um and so i knew that anybody who had any of those kind of doubts about themselves regardless, you know, whatever it is, I want to go travel or I want to take cooking lessons or dancing lessons or, you know, um, I write poetry, but I've never let anyone read it. You know, maybe they, maybe they want to share some of their work, you know, maybe just makes them feel less alone in that feeling, you know? Why would you feel, uh, well, I I can't. I'm sorry. I'm just having a hard time wrapping my head around you not releasing some of this stuff because of like what's changed for you in the last I don't know year. Has it is it been fairly recent that you've like pushed yourself to share things more? And and why why before now? Yeah, uh, I mean, you had to have been brimming with talent your whole life. Two-part question. Well, I mean, I. Um, well, I, I've been making music that's been coming out for years with different bands and several albums, and working on other people's albums in the studio uh, atmosphere as a studio session musician, and working with artists producing their material, and maybe I'm singing harmonies on it, and I'm playing drums at least, and maybe some other instruments, and that stuff's out there. Uh, uh, there's also, uh, but there's, there's an insulated feeling when you're in a band and when you're with a group, you know, it's like being on a sports team, you know, you take wins and losses as a team. Um, the same with a group, your, your group is met with criticism when you put out something that's just your own and, you know, you know, not everybody's gonna love it or whatever. That's fine. Um, not everything's for everybody, but that that's met with criticism that you alone embody. And so it's a little bit different. Um, and, you know, there's, and then myself is like someone who, who likes to record and engineer things and mix things. And not that I'm uh, consider myself a super professional at that, but I love to do it. And um, I love the craft of it. So there's also the part of my head that's like, is this done? Is this the best that I can offer? You know, am I shortchanging this song? You know, did I, did I give it, did I really get after it and like give it, you know, everything it deserves? So that's why some songs sit dormant. Uh, New Revolution has been done for a couple of years. Done, complete song. And that's a great song. And there's, I don't have any trepidations about what, how that, you know, like, I'm I'm fine with that coming out. But the reason it hadn't come out yet is because I wanted to have material behind it that I could follow up. So it wasn't just like Dusty aimlessly puts out a song and then never is to be heard from again or whatever. I wanted to be able to keep it relevant and I wanted to feel excited about putting out material. 
So I wanted to just have some things in place and maybe figure out what it was I wanted to do or what material I thought I was ready to let people hear. Um, there's a million reasons why artists get in their own head. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, again, excuses, that's all they are. Um, I decided that I, I decided that I wanted to do it for years. I've been wanting to do it. I mean, for years, um, it's just always been kind of that thing. And then I'd never really had a facility to where I could get it done on the level that I wanted to do it at as far as the quality of the gear and the sounds I could get and things like that and my production skill level. Um, and, uh, and now it's just at that place and it's just at that, that time. And I've, I've gotten a lot of encouragement from a lot of my peers and uh, people that I love. And, um, and so it, it's just a culmination of all that, you know, and, and sometimes the time is just the time. Um, but I think the pandemic really shook me in a way as a, as a creator and as a professional musician, specifically because everything that I did for the last 20 years, essentially in the music business, everything creatively has been in that, in that, um, in that frame of the music business. And, you know, uh, it's a, a rehearsal for a show or a tour, or we're getting together to work on this, this album, you know, or we're recording this recording sessions for this record. Everything that I did musically was in the realm of the business, the music business, which was great because I'm a professional musician. So that's kind of what I need to do. But when that all shut down, I, I really felt like I'd lost my identity in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, because because there were no shows there was there was no rehearsal for the show there was no uh recording session there was you know what i mean i w i ended up doing a lot of work here at my house and i you know got my situation going more in that time but there was a lot it was a real dark period for me and um and so i had to tap back into the spirit of what it felt like to just get together with your pals after school one day and in the garage and we're just creating and it is whatever. So I was reaching out to some friends of mine that are very established musicians in their own right and have their, have great bands that they tour with and do the thing. And um, it was just like, Hey, let's get up and let's just make something. Yeah. Um, and if, when we're done, if we want to let people hear it, we'll let people hear it. And if we don't, we don't. Um, and and that was kind of the idea. It's just sort of the spirit of like, I I hated the fact that the that because I couldn't work professionally, that it seemed like I didn't have it anymore, and that and that felt it didn't feel good. That like the thing that I hold the most sacred was dwindling. I just can't seem to find the time. Got myself a million reasons why The list grows long as the days go by There goes my chance in the blink of an eye I'm in no man's land 
lost in the rubble, will it just catch on? Maybe I just need something else to believe in. All of these excuses are in me useless. That was Excuses from Dusty Ray Simmons. You can learn more about Dusty Ray Simmons at dustyraysimmons.bandcamp.com. Coming up, we discuss In These Times. That's next on Appalachian Vibes from WNCW. So tell me about In These Times, Dear Brother. What's that song about? That's about my brother, Zach. Um, I wrote that for him during the pandemic, like, like heavy, deep middle of it he's a he he's a an agent out in hollywood uh he's a what's called a tv lit agent a tv literary agent so he um reps like writers and directors and showrunners and things like that but the point was is that uh it was just a really hard time for both of us and it you know you couldn't fly and so it felt like in that moment, even though we could talk to each other and FaceTime and stuff like that, that it was, he was just so far away. And, and it was like the not having, um, 
you know, just sort of like missing them. And, and it's sort of uh, the song itself. That's where it was born out of. It was born out of that moment, you know, where, you know, he needed, I needed him and we couldn't exactly be together. Um, the song, it, 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 it essentially just rolls through like a tale in my head of uh, memories. It's like a flood of memories, essentially. And then each verse sort of ends with the same message that like, um, everything's all right. We're exactly where, where we should be. And just we'll keep on keeping on. Still feels like the ones that we shared I hold on to those Memories and days of old It's hard to be without you
how did the pandemic change you as far as like where you were and, and, and how you're progressing now? I think it's just perspective mostly. Um, I, I think, you know, everything slowed down, turned so simple, had to be simple. Um, you, you had to sit with yourself, you know, like there, you, you weren't, a, you weren't allowed those typical creature comforts of, of distracting yourself from this and that. Uh, I just think there was, a, I think if you're, if you don't have any, if your perspective about life and maybe things that are important and maybe what matters to you, there's an opportunity there that I would say that most people seized, you know, um, there was, but you know, it, it, everyone had had to deal with their own stuff to, you know, to keep it PG. They, everybody had a lot of stuff to deal with and, you know, people have, you know, you, you, you just have your own way of process and, um, mine needed to be that. So it, it just kind of, it, it was. It was kind of like a giant meditation exercise. Yeah. 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 I get that. I liked that the world was still for a while, you know, it was just different. It was quieter. There was, there's just, you weren't really out. Just, I don't know. It was just, it was still, everybody had to, take a pause, take stock, you know, whatever you want to call it. It just, but it wasn't like just this one place or just this one group of people or just this region, you know, it was there and everybody. And it, it was mandatory, you know, it wasn't like, you know, I mean, you could roll the dice if you want and some did lost and, um, and some won, you know, but uh, that was, I don't know. It just seemed so different. It seemed so still. It was scary too, of course, but I feel like there was there was also a lot of peace in there. And I think it taught peace to and in a different way to a lot of people.
That was Easy Getting Older from Dusty Ray Simmons. You can learn more about Dusty Ray Simmons at dustyraysimmons.bandcamp.com. A special thanks to Pelmyra the band for the intro music titled Microwave Dinner. Appalachian Vibes is brought to you by Galax Tourism, made possible by Virginia is for Lovers. Galax Tourism, building our future while celebrating our past. You can learn more about Galax at visitgalax.com. You can learn more about Appalachian Vibes on all social media platforms, and you can find past episodes on Spotify, PRX, and AppalachianVibes.net. I'm Amanda Baki. I'll see y'all next time for the full hour of Appalachian Vibes from WNCW.